Sal Berry and Tim Parrish. This is the Puck Junk Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Puck Junk Hockey Podcast. I'm Sal Berry and joining me once again is Tim Parrish, back from the great move of 2019. 2019 into 2020. I moved 20... for an entire year. Wow. <laughs> One calendar year. Yes. So you, you started 2019, you ended 2019, uh, well, you were ending 2019 in one house, and then you started 2020 in another house, or how did that work? Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah. And, and uh, much better, much better house. See, I have such a large hockey collection, I had to buy a new house to store that, it. I heard you and Jim bring that up a couple podcasts ago, so I thought that was funny. Well, you know, we were just worried about the move. I mean... uh what what moving company did you end up going with? I know you were deciding which movers you were going to hire. Um, we went with the me and my wife are going to move my entire house like morons moving company. I mean, it's, it's a really large title and it's hard to fit on a business card, but you know, they had the best price, which was free. Which was your sanity and your uh, <laughs> yes, exactly. your knees and your back. Exactly. You know, um, we're at this age now where we can't get friends to help us move for for pizza, like the good old days where you order a few pizzas and your friends help you move and and everyone's better because of it. Now it's 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 an arduous task. Yeah. And, you know, that's part of it. And the other part of it is I just don't even want to ask anymore, because honestly, that puts you in those positions of, okay, well, if they do it for me this time, then I'm going to have to do it for them and the blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, forget it. It's done yeah. over with, you know, it was a pain, but I'm glad it's over now. It's just unpacking and getting everything going. And hopefully I'll have my office slash card room slash music room slash sports Mecca done sometime uh, soon. Yeah. You know, it is funny too, because I, I, I saw your text message this morning. I don't know. I picked up my phone. I didn't have my glasses on yet. So I misread it. And you said that you said me and Jess moved ourselves, but I thought it said, because I, I wasn't wearing my glasses, so I thought it said something about our shelves. I thought it said you bought shelves, oh, and I'm yeah. like, wow, yeah. all right, he bought shelves. He's he's putting the yeah. putting the collection out on on shelves. Um, but uh, no, so although uh, I could uh, re- remind me, and I'll show you how I have the setup now later oh, okay. on, I'll, and I'll show that to you but you can weigh in on your opinion of it but cool. anyway so some uh, enough some, about me some new card news uh, i haven't done that in a little while so tops now week 14 is out cards or excuse me stickers not cards tops now hockey stickers uh dallas stars alexander radulov kale mccarr joe thornton jack eichel and the other ones are to be determined um, one of them says NHL. I don't know exactly what that means. I didn't look too hard into it. Um, I need to get back on the wagon with Tops now. I started putting them all in my book. I got up to week eight. They look nice. They're actually really nice stickers. They're almost like hardback stickers. It's funny because Tops says printed with premium sticker technology, which just sounds like bullshit. <laughs> but <laughs> premium sticker technology, it only you know, it sticks on one side. It doesn't stick on the other side. That's premium sticker technology, right? Well, the technology comes in where the sticking the sticking part of it's already on it. You don't have to lick it like a stamp. Like a stamp or use use. Uh, Actually, you don't even, you don't even have to lick stamps anymore. They stick I know. themselves too. That's, I wonder if that's... they have premium technology. <laughs> So, no, actually, you know what? The stickers, the Tops Now stickers, the stickers themselves are almost like vinyl clings. That's how thick they are. They're almost like a vinyl cling. Um, are they impervious know. to tearing? I haven't tried tearing one. I have an, a couple extra sets of season three when I, or season three of uh, week three when I bought a bunch to try to get, try to get the Capo Caco uh, Chase sticker, and I did, and then I got, you know, a bunch of duplicates that I don't need. So maybe I'll just start tearing the Evander Kane ones and see if they tear or don't tear. Cause I wouldn't do that to the extra Crosby ones. I'd let a caps fan do that. The stickers are like, they're like vinyl. And then the back are not quite as hard as cards, but they're pretty, they're pretty thick. They're pretty stiff. So they're, they're pretty solid looking. 
I mean, I wish they were card sized, but they're nice stickers. I don't know if they're like a dollar per sticker nice, but they're nice. And I think that's why I'm just going to cheap out and buy them off of resellers on eBay who, you know, buy a bulk of 20 sets and get them for four or five dollars each and then just pay like five or six dollars for the, the week instead of paying like eight, nine dollars. Yeah, there you go. Stick it to the man. No, I mean, Tops is still making their money um, I know. So- somehow. But I mean, you have some weeks that only get like less than 500 packs being sold. So, I mean, these are pretty small print run, if you think about it. Way smaller than, like, the Tops Living set. Yeah, I mean, if you're looking at only, like, 400, 500 stickers per week, you know, packs per week. Um, Also coming out, Upper Deck Game Dated Moments for Week 13. Card number 32, Ovechkin moves up to third place on all-time power plays goal list. Card number 33, Peter Angelo becomes franchise leader and assists by a defenseman. Okay. Um, So those are the game dated moments for uh, week 13. And then um, also coming out is, or actually out now, not coming out. It's, it's out. All of these are available for sale as we speak. Uh, Panini is going back to the pinata for a third whack at it with yet another hockey set. This one is uh, select 2019-20. They are $75 a pack. What? $75 a pack, and it contained three cards. One select rookie card, one select prism variation card, and one autographed memorabilia card. So you're getting a big hit in a pack because you're getting an autographed memorabilia card. Uh, The cards are either of uh, Capo Caco or Vitaly Kratzoff. I'm going to have trouble saying that. Um... So, you know, the, the two, uh, well, one is a rookie and the other one, uh, Kratzoff, is a prospect in the Rangers system right now. Uh, let's see here. Find Team Finland, Capo Caco variations and Team Finland jersey autograph cards. Look for the following so- select prism variations. Silver prism, red flash prism, blue flash prism, purple prism, red and white, red, white and blue prism. And that one's like number 10. Gold flash prism, black Flash Prism, which is one of one. Get the first ever autographed jersey cards of Capo Caco and Vitaly Kraftsoff. Look for the follow oh, and then more uh, autographed jersey variations. So for 75 Good bucks, Lord. you're guaranteed an autographed jersey card. Um, you know, the thing is, is I think that a lot of people overstate the importance of having a league license, but I just, I have a hard time when it's just like, I don't mind overstate? the Finland. Did you say overstate? They overstate the importance of a league license when they're like, oh, well, the car doesn't oh. have a, this isn't licensed by the league, so it's not worth it or whatever. Um, okay, well, I can see both sides of that, I suppose. And if you make the cards correctly, as in you design them right and you have the right player selection... Sure, you don't need a league license, but having a Players Association license would be nice. Well, I mean, then you just have all the players in the association. Sure, but at least you have a selection. I mean, you're talking about a company that doesn't have an NHL license or a player license and decides kind of like what Leaf has been doing over the years. And that's go out and sign players to an exclusive license. They can only sign for you and you're going to put their product out on whatever you choose. Mm -hmm. And in this case, Panini is taking all of their brands score and prism, which I like prism. I always have liked prism. Right. But select to me was always like the um, redheaded stepchild of prism. It uses mm-hmm. the same technology, but they're not quite as cool as far as the design and, and they don't have the eye pop. And mm-hmm. if you look at some of the mock-ups, well, I don't know if they're mock-ups or if they're the actual cards. I mean, some of them look fairly decent, but it's fairly it's clearly noticeable that there's no team logos and everything's on these cards. Mm-hmm. And 75 bucks, you've essentially set the price point for an autograph right there. Right. Retail price is $75. Okay, you're getting three cards instead of two. Whoop-de-doo. So you essentially set 
an autograph memorabilia card is now $75. That's the, that's the minimum price mm-hmm. that those are going to be. If you look at Prism, Prism's being sold now on the secondary market because they sold out of those. Some of those low serial numbered hits mm-hmm. are going between 150 and 200 bucks. Really? Are, are trying to be sold. Any that actually sold for those values, but I haven't really dug into it because I've been a little busy with my new moving company that I started. But those values are indicative of what people think they're going to be able to pull for these on the secondary market. And I don't think they're going to hold their value. Honestly, that's, I mean, that's my opinion, but Panini's going all in on these two players, right? Cause that's all they got. That's all they have license for. You got Capo Caco who, yeah, he's a highly touted rookie. He's doing really good. I mean, he's got 16 points on the year. He's not in the top 10 in rookies though. I mean, even John, don't call me Dan Marino of the Penguins is ahead of him in the, in the point scoring race for rookies. Mm-hmm. With, with 19 so i mean he hasn't cracked the top 10 um he's playing for new york which is high profile right bigger population obviously a bigger audience i get it but you also have vitaly kraftsov who i mean he played in the tournament if you watched any of the world junior tournament i mean he was he played in the tournament i think he played seven games out of it mm-hmm. had had a few points but it, i mean he wasn't knocking anybody's socks off and he's been down. He's only played a few, a handful of games in the minors, but most of the rest of the time he's been loaned to the KHL. Um, one of the KHL teams, the mm-hmm. same one that he played for before. Mm-hmm. So it's like this guy's left to be seen on what happens. And we all know how the prospecting thing goes in hockey. You know, it could be years before you see a guy that's NHL ready. Granted, this guy may be a little further along, but I, mean, I don't know. Are you going to go all in on a $75 autograph? That's, that's hard. That's hard. Like I'll tell you, I did buy the, um, that uh, leaf put out the, uh, the Jack Eichel box set. Uh, yeah. A few years ago. Yeah. Yeah. I bought that. I ended up getting that pretty cheap. I think I bought it for like $25. It was like maybe a year, little over a year after it came out. Maybe it was two years after it came out. The well, dealer what was the was, price point when it was new? I want to say it was around like $50 or so. Yeah, so there you go. And There's your, your inflationary change. You know, I bought it at a card shop, and the guy, the dealer was like, oh, you can have it for 20 or 25 or something, or maybe it was 30 Maybe he had it at 30 and said you could have it for 20 And I, just, I was just like, yeah, that's fine, because you know what? It's guaranteed one autographed card. And then it was like a set of cards, and the set of cards wasn't very interesting. I mean, yeah, they had to airbrush off the Sabres card, the, the Sabres logo off of every card. Um, but my problem was was that the the colors looked a little dark. I mean, I know the Sabres a couple of years ago they were wearing like a darker blue, but um, it was not a very imaginative set. Like, here's the thing: if I'm going to make a card set of a popular rookie. I'm not going to just say, okay, here are 30 pictures of him in action where we airbrush out all the logos because then it looks like pretty much the same thing, right? None of the pictures were really interesting, even if they had logos. They needed to do some close-ups. They needed to do some off-ice cards. They needed to do, like, more variety. So these were all action shots? They were all action shots, and they weren't really even that interesting. They were just action shots like ones that you could just buy from getty images for four hundred dollars and then they just you know removed the logos um were they so, game like, shots though or were they like practice game, game shots because there's like shots, one okay. where there's like a red wing in there but like i think they 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 put out they got rid of the logo on that one also uh you know on the red wings player but um I think that, like, I was cool with that because I knew what autograph I was getting. So even if it was, like, $75, and I was just like, man, I really want a Jack Eichel autograph, and okay, it's $75, but he's only signing for Leaf, and sure, I'm going to buy this box set, and I know that I'm going to get an autographed card. And maybe it'll be a parallel variant numbered to five, and maybe it won't, right? Like, uh, Capo Caco, I would buy one of those packs for 75 bucks if I knew that I was going to get his autograph and not the other guy. Because I'm not really interested in the other guy. And I understand that 
Panini, they have both of them and they have to, they have to leverage both of them. And, you know, they can't like part them out because I mean, which if one, if, if uh craft soft was a $25 pack and uh, Kako was a $75 pack, which one would you buy? Like if you knew that this pack is going to have his autograph and this pack is going to have the other guy's autograph. You'd well, probably go after. You want to go with the sure thing and somebody that you have access to and are familiar with. I would imagine you would pick the guy that no one's heard of, which would could be both in this case. <laughs> well, no, but you'd probably go for the guy that was yes, like you, you would. know uh, high draft pick and 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 was um and and is currently playing in the league. So correct. That's yeah, exactly I don't. What you would do. I don't know. So I'm not. I'm not like super hype on it. It's it's kind of interesting. They put the price high enough that it didn't sell out in like half an hour or half a day or half or whatever. So, um, yeah, I, mean, I think they found that sweet spot, right? And and again, that's that's perfectly fine. You, you People can buy what they want, but I'll tell you this. For 75 bucks, if I'm going to buy Select, I'm going to go find a box of 13, 14 Select mm-hmm. and pay 75 bucks for it. Because that way I get four autographs and I get a shot at some fairly decent rookies, rookie autographs. Like, right. Oh, I don't know. Vladimir Tarasenko, for instance. Oh, yeah. Uh, maybe, oh, Nathan McKinnon, hmm. for Is instance. He any good? <laughs> uh, probably. The you know, pride Galchenyuk's of in there. Huberto's in there. I mean, Sean Monahan's in there. Seth Jones is in that set. So you're talking all these guys that are. Maybe not, well, McKinnon is for sure, but guys that are, you know, within the conversation of, you know, best at their position these days mm-hmm. and decent rookies. So for $75, I would go that route. And not only that, you're getting a much bigger selection of cards. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know. I Jumping all in on those two guys, that's just, uh, can't do it. And I know I always sound like a Panini hater. I'm not. I want to like them, but they make it so difficult. They do. They do. They keep. They. They. They kind of like. It's like they, they're mocking me. They half-ass it, but for too much money. I agree. Um. So I'll tell you, I did spend about thirty bucks uh, not too long ago on cards. I bought the um. The 2019-20 MVP retail hockey set. So this was at Target. Um, it was $29.99. I bought last year's MVP set. And what was interesting was last year's MVP set came in a box that was about the size of a 300-card box. And originally I thought it was a blaster box. And I picked it up and I'm like, whoa, this blaster box is heavy. And then it was actually the full set. And I'm like, wow, all right, a full set for 30 bucks. I'm there, right? especially because it had all the rookie cards this year's set. So here's the funny thing is that the set actually came in a box. That's the size of an 800 count box. Even though there's only 250 cards. Uh, It's literally like almost the size. I don't know if it's a little bit bigger, a little bit smaller, but the the size of a top space ball factory set. Okay. But then in the middle, it had the cards and it had like six of those squishy things that you put in the card boxes to keep the cards from moving around. Yeah. So um, it had like six pieces of foam, three on either side, and then it had like the 250 cards and then it had a bonus pack of six cards. And that bonus pack is what could vary. So you're always going to get the same 250 cards. And then it was just like um, six or five. Sorry, what did I say? One, two, three. Yeah, five. Sorry. Okay. One, two, three, four, five. I think last year it was a pack of six. And so I got some cards called Rookie Formations. And it's uh, Jack Hughes, Quinn Hughes, Kale McCarr, Philip Zadina, Ryan Poling. So those were the five that I got. But then, like, these guys were also included in the set in the um, in the MVP rookies. Now, a couple of things. The MVP cards have a different border color. They have like a darker blue color right. instead of like that blue, green, teal, whatever color it was. So they do look different, but more or less they're the same cards. I guess this is just to show that, oh, this was from a box set and therefore it should be less desirable than a rookie card you pulled from a pack or something. 
I don't care. To me, a card's a card. Like, obviously, there are better cards out there, like a cup card or a young gun card. But if you just want a complete set, I thought this was great. A couple things that were kind of funny, though, besides the ridiculously oversized box, was um, the cards were not in order. I had to put them in order. Um, they were just kind of mixed up. And then um, I was actually missing a card, and I will have to contact Upper Deck about that. And uh, they're always good about that sort of thing, so I'm not worried that it's kind of more annoying. Like, oh, I'm missing a card. That sucks. How did this happen? Um, but it's not like the end of the world, or it's not like, you know, 30 years ago, if you're missing a card, and what do you do? You write to Tops, and maybe they send you one? You know, sure. I'm, they probably would. Because uh, I did write to Tops back in the 90s, and they did answer my uh, my my letter. But, um, yeah, it's just, I, I, I think it's worth it. I like having a full set. I'm kind of at the point where I'm tired of, like, chasing down new cards. Especially getting, like, trying to find rare rookie cards of guys who are mainly going to be fourth-line players or third-line players or second-line players in the KHL. You know? The, the the leftover rookies that like come out at the beginning of the the season sets yeah i don't want to mess with that so getting a full set for 30 bucks that was nice even though it's blue and not the regular color I care i think they look nice i mean if you like mvp they look do nice. i mean the only thing that's nice about buying the ones in the packs is that you have all the different inserts and you might may or may not like i like the puzzle back variants so uh to me those are fun and yeah, don't and you don't have a shot at those in those in the no. complete sets. Although I did read that there's uh, silver script only parallel hot boxes out there, so really? evidently yours wasn't one of those. No, I would have noticed that. Yeah, I would have noticed that. But that would have um, been kind of cool. Yeah, so I would say if you know if you're looking to, to pick up a new set this year. You know, go to your Target or Walmart. You could probably buy them on their website. Um, I think some of the retailers are selling them too. Uh, some of like the uh, online card sellers might be selling them. Um, it's about thirty bucks a set. Uh, yeah, twenty nine ninety nine plus tax. Uh, and then also, I kind of looked on eBay, and that's what they're also selling for. Uh, I think it's worth it. I definitely I recommend it. Like I said, if you just want to get a set and you want to get a few rookie cards. Um, actually, though, you know what? I don't think these 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 better guys that I mentioned, I know Quinn Hughes is in the uh, MVP set, like one through um, two fifty. But I know Jack Hughes was the redemption card that I'm still waiting for. Yeah, if it's the regular, if the set is the same checklist as the regular MVP, then as far as top rookies in there, you should have. Um, uh, Oh, actually, Kale McCarr should be in there. He he's is. also the checklist. Yep. He has two cards. Yep. And Quinn Hughes should be in there. He is. Yep. Um, I'm trying yeah, to think. I'm looking at these guys here, and yeah, okay. So yeah. now a lot of these guys I'm not too familiar with. So Zadina should be in there. Yeah. So as far as like the top guys that you'd be missing, um, I don't know. Is that is Adam Fox in that? checklist haven't seen him yet let me see no i haven't seen him okay yeah so well, you'd be um, missing like from the top guys you'd be missing like victor olofsson who's surprising the crap out of everybody this year mm -hmm. um and then obviously jack hughes nick suzuki mm -hmm. um oh who's the guy from chicago um uh, da, 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 da. Oh, kubalik uh, Kubelik. Oh, Kubelik. yeah. Kubelik Kubelik. has been... Um, I thought you were going to say Doc, but no, uh, yeah. No, no. Kubelik's been having a hell of a, a, hell of a season. Yeah. Um, yeah That's all so... right. I mean, Kale McCarr, I still say he's getting Rookie of the Year, although he's still a little... Slightly behind Olofsson in scoring, but he was hurt for a while, so... It's not That's always good. about scoring, but a lot of times it is. Yeah, and we'll see what Colorado does come playoff time. But right, that's, right. That's another talk entirely. So we want to talk. Our main topic for this episode is we want to talk about another uh, retro year of sets. We want to talk about. Well, I want to talk about the 1993-94 season in collecting. So 
every year on Puck Junk for the 25th anniversary of whatever year it is, I like to do like a retrospective where I rank all the sets from that year. So like say in 90, 2000, 2015, I ranked every set from 90-91. And in 2016, I ranked every set from 91-92 and then 92-93. And then I needed to do 93-94 uh, during last hockey season, but I just got so busy that it slid and then I didn't get it done over the summer. And then I ended up putting it up like the, like the last day of 2019 or like the second to last day of 2019 when right now I should actually be doing my recap of every 94, 95 set, but I'll get to that in sometime in 2020 when it's still the 25th anniversary. So I'm a little bit behind on that, but, um, and I'll tell you what it was, is like the first time I did that, there were only seven sets and then it grew to like 12 or 13 sets. And it just becomes a lot of work because it's just like, sure. how many insert sets were there? Oh, and then I have to do some research, right? Because Hockey DB has a pretty good checklist. Um, they're pretty comprehensive for stuff in the 90s, but every now and then, like, they don't always get the variants like there's American versions of whatever insert and there's Canadian uh, versions that have like different photos and they don't always get all of those variations and they don't document or note that there are parallels. So then I have to go and look around. And so between Beckett trading card DB and uh, HockeyDB.com, I usually kind of just, um, you know, see what inserts were out there. And then I just kind of do my ranking and then I have to scan cards. It's a lot of work. I mean, I like doing it, but it's a lot of work to do a blog post just for fun. So it, it, it takes time. And then a lot of it wasn't even like, or some of it a little bit was kind of deciding because it wasn't so cut and dried this year. So uh, I'll let you, uh, if you want to chime in on your, your thoughts about 93, You know, this, despite being, smack dab in the middle of the um overproduction era of cards it's shocking to go back to that year and look at actually how many major releases there really were um because there aren't that many i mean sure there's oddball sets and you know minor league sets and college sets and different things like that but if you look at all the major releases of the companies that were printing cards at the time there's, I think there's more sets each year now that when there's only one company with upper deck than there were back then. Um, I think if you count, if you count tops and Opeachy as separate and you count the Canadian versions separate from the regular, there's only what 14 or 15 sets by the major card companies. And it, that's kind of shocking when you think about it, especially considering that's the time frame where the print runs were, the printers were turned on and they weren't turned off for almost a decade. So, so that, 93, 94. So one thing to note was that was a year where the, um, the uh, NHL clamped down and said, Hey, every company can only put out two sets of cards because this is getting out of hand. You had tops putting out tops and in stadium club and Bowman, you had, um, you know, uh, maybe the year before you had pro set put out pro set pro set platinum and parkhurst you know you had companies putting out like two or three or four sets um because i don't know if anybody hit four sets but it was just kind of getting a little out of hand uh now what was funny was i spoke with um i actually asked andy moog about that former boston bruins goalie andy moog he was on the box cover of NHL 94, if you remember. He's a Bruins goalie that you see. So yep. I asked him about that game. I just said, you know, did you know you were going to be on this? And he said, yeah, I was actually on the NHLPA licensing committee. So we approved everything. And I was like, hey, cool, I'm going to be on this this video game box. So then I asked him about, well, what do you remember about the 93-94 where the NHL was uh, saying, okay, card companies, you can only make two sets of cards. And he said, honestly, now I'm paraphrasing. But he said that he thought that that was a way for the league to try to throttle the amount of money that the Players Association was making because they made a lot of money in 91-92. Um, that was one of the reasons why you had the strike because there was arguments over the hockey card money. But basically that was becoming an extra source of, of income for the players. And so the NHL wanted to try to cut that off. So instead of saying, sure, make 100 different hockey card sets – and the players getting that additional, 
revenue, they're like, no, you can only make two sets per company to try to like curtail that a bit. That was his opinion anyways, back in the day. Um, it's valid. That's a valid argument. It's a valid argument. Especially I mean, knowing some of the things that the NHL did between the late eighties and early nineties. Um, and the whole reason why all of those strikes, mm-hmm. you know, happened. no, they were terrible. They were, they were terrible to the players. A lot of the things that they did with licensing and stuff, because you had one company handling the licensing for both. And sometimes the company would license the NHL, but not the players. Like right. the original, like going back to the, the EA games, because this is something I really wanted to know when I wrote that NHL 94 article, I'm like, why was NHL hockey for Sega just NHL hockey and you didn't have the players? And the producer of the game said, oh, we wanted to have the players from the get-go, but they told us no. And then he said it was only when I contacted the head of the PA and flew out there and said, look, is there any way we can get you guys to be in our video game? And they were just like, yeah, we want to be in your video game. We didn't know that the offer was there back in uh, 91. So, uh, yeah, so the league was very good at, like, keeping that under wraps. So um, that's, so anyway, so so getting back to the, the, the main topic, though. So, yeah, there were 10 sets, which is a lot if you consider that, you know, in 8990, there were only two sets, and they were pretty much the same set, just one with more cards, one right. with gray backs, and right. better gum. Um, so um, I'll tell you what I liked. I, I want to say... 93, 94 was my favorite year for collecting hockey cards. Like, I like collecting now, but that was probably like my, no pun intended, pinnacle year. And I didn't collect pinnacle that year. Um, Now that's irony. 91, 92, I liked that year a lot. 92, 93, I liked that year a lot as well, but I didn't have as much disposable income. 93, 94, I had a good amount of disposable income. So I was living with my grandmother. I was going to a junior college. Tuition was so cheap that financial aid paid for it. I was working like for like almost that whole season, I was working in a comic book store. So we sold cards, we'd get boxes of cards and then I'd get like 30% off the the price, 30 or 40% off. So I was able to buy like a full box of say like Fleer Power Play for way cheaper than what I would get them for at the store across, you know, at the drugstore or whatever. Not always, but a lot of the times, like my boss would be like, Hey, we got this box of cards. You want it? You could have it for this much. And I'd buy it. Or he would just put it out on the, uh, on the shelf and I'd buy a few packs after work or, you know, I'd be bored at work. So I'd buy a few packs, open a few packs, buy a few more packs, open a few more packs. I think I was probably their number one customer for hockey cards because I think a lot of the times I just bought them and the customers, they were probably more into the Marvel cards anyways, because it was a comic book store, but I had a lot of disposable income. I was working up a lot of hours at a part-time job. I had gotten my driver's license. So I was able to drive to card shops. I didn't have to ask my mom to take me or whatever. And so I was able to like, kind of like go to card stores by myself, track down inserts that I needed or cards that I needed and not like explain to like a parental figure like, oh yeah, I'm going to spend $40 on hockey cards because these are all the all-star inserts from stadium club that I need. You know what I mean? And then the other good thing was that because I was working at a card shop and I was also promoting a card show, people knew that I collected hockey. So a lot of times they would bring me stuff and they'd be like, hey, are you collecting Stadium Club this year? Or, hey, I have some cards from last year. Do you want them? So it was just a good year for me to collect cards. And then the next year, 94, 95, the, uh, the lockout happened. And that just kind of really threw a wrench into everything because it was like, I was collecting cards, but the stores weren't ordering them as much. So they weren't like around as much. Um, Like maybe the drugstore might have some cards, but not like tons of them. And maybe not all the different brands because nobody was watching hockey. So they were kind of like the mentality was like, well, if it's not on TV, we're not going to order it and put it on shelves. Uh, Especially with stuff coming out, like say November, December. Uh, And then the other thing was, is that you had like, the companies kind of changed their game plan where there was like, you know, a stadium club series one, but not a stadium club series two or whatever. So that just made collecting not fun that year. So 93, 94 for me, that was like the last 
fun year of collecting hockey cards. Because in the next year, you had, like, be a player, and then you had $5 packs, and then you had an autograph in every pack, and then you had, like, you know, $4 packs of Topps Finest and stuff like that. And that's just really when I just kind of checked out of it for a while. So that's my whole take on 93-94. Yeah, and that was probably the... I don't want to say that's the first year I really, really collected, but that was the first year I was able to like accumulate more of a certain year in larger quantities. Cause so 93 was the year that I moved to the Chicago area mm-hmm. and the national was in Chicago that year. Oh yeah. At McCormick place. If you remember, um, and that was, you know, all sorts of stuff was going on. That was the first national I'd ever gone to. And they had promo cards um, for Leaf. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that was the coolest thing because they had, you know, Mario Lemieux as part of their, uh, um, I don't know if he was their spokesperson or. He was. He um, still is. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I guess I guess that's kind of right. But he was like on the cover of the box, and I remember being able to get a box there, and that was all. He was also there at the show, really, um, signing autographs. And I remember I was there with my dad, and we were walking up an aisle, and you know, this is off track, but we were walking up an aisle, and this big mob of guys in black suits with earpieces come walking up in a circle and almost ran us over. And right in the middle of all of them was Mario Lemieux. And he towered over everybody, and I was just looking at him like, you know, like I was looking into the sun. I'm like, ah, you know, I couldn't couldn't believe that he was standing that close to me. But, you know, that was back in, like, now guys come from the back room, and they're ushered into these tables, and they're, nothing's accessible. Back then, they were just walking through the crowd to get to the table for their signing. So Did you get his autograph? I did not, because that was a long line, and it was quite expensive um, you know, at it- the time. Real quick, but just compared to now, I wish I would have. But oh, of course, was it free or was it money? No, 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 no. They they charged for that. Um, mm. There were quite a few like Pink Pittsburgh sports people. I know Franco Harris was there mm-hmm. uh, signing autographs. And my dad was all excited about that, and mm-hmm. but that was the, kind of the first year that I actually, um, you know, bought boxes rather than just packs and was able to accumulate some, some heft, I should say. And I still have a lot of that stuff today. Shockingly enough. Mm-hmm. A lot of the 93, 94 cards. Oh, I still have most of my pinnacle and score that I mm-hmm. got back then. I think I have a Parker set that I picked up back then. Mm-hmm. Uh, the leaf, my leaf set is, the one that I put together from everything I had from back then. So mm-hmm. same, same with my, my Fleer ultra too, which mm-hmm. um, I, I think was another pretty solid, solid design, even though it was a repeat of the year before in a different color. You know, that's my only problem with Fleer ultra that year. It kind of felt redundant, I guess. So, uh, you know, one, one it thing did, I wanted... it was the same. It was just a different color. I liked the color better in 93, 94 than I did in the previous year. One story I want to tell really quick, because you're talking about Mario Lemieux just walking through the aisles of a card show with all his yeah. bodyguards and, um, and, and now how the, you know, the players will just come out of the back room from behind the curtain and out actually at the national back in 2019 in Chicago, Chris Chelios just walk, I, you know, it was funny because I was kind of like, I don't know if I was looking for something, you know, when you're kind of just like, you're not like 100% paying attention to your surroundings because you're maybe you're thinking about something, you're looking sure. for something. So you're not noticing every single person that walks by you, right? Because you just kind of tone that out because you're thinking, okay, where was that thing? You know, oh, I need to find Tim a King's Puck. Where did I see a King's Puck? I can't find a King's Puck, right? That sort of thing. So like... Um, I would never ask for such a thing. No, no, no. Um and and this guy walks by me and i just said to myself that guy is in way too good of shape to be a, a card collector that's what that was just what i thought cuz this is a dude wearing like like 
blue jeans and like a black t-shirt and i just said that guy is too fit to be a card collector what, and then you i did mean, the... you mean round isn't a shape i thought yeah. it was um and i did a double take and i'm like oh my god that's chris chelios and that and that was it you know what i mean like i wasn't gonna like you know say anything i wouldn't have said anything anyways other than just like hey you know or hey good to see you that that would have been like my uh you know he not is, like he is pretty svelte yeah for an old no. guy. he could probably still strap him on and get out there and play yeah he could probably school a bunch of uh uh youngsters um but uh well but anyways um but what i was gonna say about um the set so you said you bought score that year i did why was it because uh, you wanted an Alexander Daig rookie card? Uh, because you could find those on the grocery store shelves and they were cheap. They were like, what, 50 cents a pack or something? Uh, 79, 69 cents? I think they might have been... You know what? I'm not sure. I don't remember exactly. I think they might have been like 79 cents maybe. Yeah, they crept up a bit part. from fifty cents from the the, the ninety ninety one season, but they were still pretty low. But they had like a, if I remember right, they had like a pinnacle card in each pack. Yeah, like the all star card. The all star card. Yeah. Yeah, those are nice. And and then in series two, I think they had the gold rush cards. Yes. And I liked those. I thought they were cool. I liked the gold rush cards too, and I'll tell you, I bought something like almost a full box of 9394 score series two now the first series i bought a pack and i go well these suck these are terrible i mean if those cards had come out in like 1989 they would have been light years ahead of everything else at 1989 nice card stock full color backs um you know not a bad layout but by by 9394 they just seemed so like at that point, card companies have evolved past player picture, player name, team name, right? And that's what they gave us, right? Player picture, uh, player name, team name. I don't even know if they had the logos on that first, uh, that first, um, let me see here, score. I'm trying to remember score series one, because um, I, I just, it's not a set I bought. Like, I remember to see, yeah. Okay, there's yeah, there's the logo, the team logo is on the back, but not on the front. So the first uh, score series one in ninety three, ninety four, they look like a a card that you would get in like a loaf of bread is like a freebie. Yeah, and they had a, a lot of white space on them, and I mean, it was just a, it was a basic, it was kind of a basic card, and then for them to turn around and make series two completely different, that was weird. Now I loved series two because they look a little bit like 89 90 tops because you got like that that kind of that cut blue out. yeah well you got the kind of marble well this one has like a marbly blue border but the other ones had kind of like an icy blue border on the sides and yeah. you had the team logo in a circle and then you had the name and kind of like this um rectangular shape at the bottom and i loved the 93 94 score series too if series one and series two had looked the same if they all looked like series two that would have been my favorite set because it had those bright borders which were just interesting looking you know it, it just had a nice layout you had all the stats on the back i mean i know series one had all the stats also but um that looked nice and i bought a full box of 93 94 series two score because i think they were marked down at kb toys i want to say they were something like 25 cents a pack or some just dirt cheap like they could have been a quarter a pack they could have been three for a dollar i don't remember but i just that again 93 94 season at that time i would just walk into a store like i remember one day i was with my friend steve and we were at jewel osco uh, jewel is a grocery store chain in chicago for those who don't know and osco is like an adjoining drugstore and i just i just walked over to one of the checkout aisles and I grabbed like 50 packs of Panini hockey stickers. And they were like probably 50 cents each a pack back then. And my friend was just like, man, you don't mess around. I'm like, well, I know I'm going to need to complete a set. So I'm going to know, I know I'm going to need at least, you know, X amount of stickers for like a 400 sticker set or whatever. 
but yeah, I was, I was just, it was nice to be able to do that or just say, oh, wow, you're closing these out for a quarter a pack. Sure. I'll buy a hundred packs. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I know I, I, uh, you bring up buying stuff later and discounted. I bought, this wasn't that long ago, probably less than a year ago. Uh, my card shop, my local card shop had a random box of 93, 94 Parkhurst. It's just sitting on the shelf. Hmm. Uh, and so I think, I don't remember what he had the price tag on it, but it wasn't much. So I was like, ah, you know what? I'm going to get this, this, and this. Oh, give me that Parkhurst box. I don't remember opening that particular one at mm-hmm. the time. So I busted that open and then I was like, oh yeah, these. <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, I wasn't a big fan of the Parkhurst ones. I don't, I don't like the design of those very much. I like the the first, the ninety one, ninety two Parkhurst. I like that the best. Ninety one, ninety two is era. good. I like the ninety three, ninety four Parkhurst set, but out to truth be told, I, I like it in retrospect. That year, I didn't, I didn't actually buy it. Like the sets, just looking at this really quick, the sets that I bought that year. I collected Upper Deck because I always collected Upper Deck. I collected Power Play because I loved the tall boy card size. To me, that was just awesome. I just, I wanted to get all of those. I collected. Power Play was cool, but it couldn't fit it in anything. No. So most of the Power Play cards, yeah, most of the Power Play cards I had from back then have dented, smashed corners and everything else. I just turned them sideways. I just turned them sideways. Yeah, but we've already established you're smarter than I am, so. Uh marginally (laughs) i turned the card sideways and didn't smash them and uh let's see uh i collected leaf talk more about that in a minute i passed on parkhurst back then because it was it was a mid-range set and it just didn't seem necessary to buy um because i was already focusing on upper deck power play and leaf um tops premiere i actually collected a lot of i liked that set i bought a lot of series one i bought a lot of series two um pinnacle i skipped looking back at it i like it i like the set i actually have a set that's in a box and i really want to put it in pages but i don't have the shelf space for it but i like i like the in retrospect i like those pinnacle sets because there was a nice consistency in the cards like okay they all had black borders they didn't do different team color borders and maybe that's not as colorful or as fun they all had black borders that's okay um, I like the fact that they used a professional team headshot on the back. You saw what the player looked like without their helmet. You saw what the goalie looked like without his mask. That's nice. I missed that on cards. Um, didn't that didn't that pinnacle set though? Didn't like every pack have a different like design on the pack though? I th- I thought on that the was wrapper? the yeah. I thought the wrappers had there were like four or five different wrappers with different players on them. Probably in that, in that year, which. You know, compared to today, you know, with mass production and everything else, again, it's like, wow, they actually took their time to think of making it interesting. But Score did that with a lot of their sets where they would do like three or four different wrappers. Like think of like 9091 and 9192 Score. They were like different wrappers, you know, like different illustrations. Um, 9394 Donruss I passed on because it was just like, yeah, okay, full bleed front full bleed back it just didn't do anything for me like there were so many nicely designed sets that one that was just like had nice features i mean it had foil and it had full bleed photography but there was like so much of that already going on that there was nothing special about it other than the ice kings subset i lost my shit over that or sorry it was an insert set and i lost my shit over that because i always loved the donruss baseball Diamond Diamond Kings. Kings. I mean, even when I was not like a hardcore baseball card collector, if I got a Diamond King, I, I put that card aside. I just kept that card. And then like the puzzle pieces. I mean, I actually, I kept the, um, the Warren Spawn, uh, puzzle that I, I had gotten all the pieces and it was like that Diamond Kings type painting. And I, I actually glued it to like a cardboard and I still have it because I just, I loved, I loved sports illustrations like that. So to me, the Ice Kings was awesome. When they changed the name to Ice Masters, I was pissed off, but whatever. It still had nice illustrations. 
Stadium Club, I actually bought a lot of Stadium Club, which is funny because I put it at number eight on my list, but I just, at the time, I liked the all-star inserts, so that was my reason for buying them. Um, And then as far as, like, Fleer Ultra, it just looked too much like the previous year's set, just like a refresh of it, and I just wasn't, like, super excited about it. And then as far as, like, score, like I said, I didn't like Series 1. I loved Series 2. But, like, you know, I'll look at the Series 2 cards, and I'll be like, oh, these are so nice. But then I'll be like, do I really want to put the whole set, like, Series 1 and Series 2 in pages? And even though it's, like, the biggest set, and normally I'll prioritize, like, the biggest set because that has the most players. And if I want to find a card of, like, some random guy who played, you know, 14 games odds are he's going to be in one of the bigger sets and not in like a 250 card set. So, I mean, that's kind of my rundown of, of that set. It's funny how, um, a lot of the cards that I bought back then, now I look at and don't think all they're that great. Well, the other thing I liked about ultra, at least myself is I always liked ultras insert sets. I always thought they were cool because they always came up with some neat things like speed merchants and, red light specials and that kind of stuff. That you didn't like Speed's merchants. You said that speed is bad and, and drugs are bad and stay in school. Yeah. I mean, back then I liked them, but you know, now it's kind of corny and most of them are corny now, but back then I thought it was really cool. Hey, like you know who has a, re- get a prospect card that looked like, you know, there were laser beams shooting out of the guy's ass. I mean, those cars were cool. You know who has a rookie card in that uh, 93-94 Fleer set? Who has a rookie card in the 93-94? Yeah. Lot, lots of people have rookie cards. In that. Yeah, I know. But there's one person in particular. He only has a rookie card in two sets that year. In 93-94? Yeah, and I'm just going to tell you because, I mean, we could, you could probably make two dozen guesses and they'd all be right. But the person I'm thinking about in particular Wait, is... Wait, tell me. Don't tell me. All it's right. going to be uh, Chris Osgood. No, he was in a couple of sets. Okay. Peter Laviolette. Oh, yeah, he's unemployed. Yeah, wow, what happened As of there? a few minutes ago. Nashville's just not performing up to expectation this year. They so. were embarrassed in the Winter Classic. Oh, yeah, that was... I didn't watch the game live, but I caught the replay of it uh-huh wow that's that that's a whole nother conversation but that was that was embarrassing you know i watched the first half of the game then i recorded the rest went and wa- went to go see star wars came back watched the rest of the game and just watch you know things <laughs> go sideways for the preds i mean they had a to, to nothing lead and then they uh yeah, I mean, you just squandered it away. It was like it was like they quit playing at yeah, one point. They quit playing. The other team just, you know, that stars just outshot them. I mean, yeah. I like Peter Laviolette. Um, I'm sure he'll find another job. He's, oh, I'm sure he will. He's he's a good hockey coach, and he's young enough that you see him and you know that he's just going to end up on another team. You know, like I feel like he's got like another. Well, I can't say how many years he has left, but. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if he's coaching for like the next 10 years because he's just kind of he's like in the prime of his coaching right now, I'd say. Or like, you know, he still has some prime years left. You don't look at him and go like, oh, my God, he's kind of getting old. When is he going to retire? You know what I mean? Yeah. And I mean, coaches lifespans aren't that long, especially when you when you look at the overall, unless you're a playoff contending team year in and year out Mm -hmm. and even if you are the moment you fall from grace questions start getting asked the media gets involved and i think management gets sick of fielding those questions to the point where they really take a look at what's going on and see okay did this guy lose the locker room you know do we need a change Mm -hmm. does something need to be done do we need to boost something in here um you know it's just one of those things I mean, like them or like them or not, it's 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 kind of the way of the world. So, I mean, but it's interesting that he got fired for performance rather than mm-hmm. mouthing off and saying something stupid to the media. So, you know, that's kind of the world we live in now. So you're like, wow, what did he get fired for? 
job performance? Really? Really? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think they people could do that anymore. Uh, so. you know, so yeah, so uh, he was part of the Olympic team that year. Um, and so power play and uh, sorry, power play and ultra made cards of the Canadian Olympian players and the American Olympian players, although they were Team USA and Team Canada, but they weren't necessarily the Olympia, the Olympic players because there are guys that are pictured in their country uniforms who actually did not play in the Olympics. I'll give you a for instance. Uh, this is something that always uh, kind of perplexed me a little bit. You remember a Pittsburgh Penguin player in the 90s named Ian Moran? Ian Moran, yes, I yeah. sure do. So he is in that 93-94 set, but I asked him, I said, you're pictured in a Team USA jersey, but I can't find any record of you playing on the Olympic team. And he said, I did the pre-Olympic tour. You know, we played 50-60 games. I was the last guy cut. I was sent home. I didn't go to the Olympics. And then he's like, two days later, the Penguins signed me. So he's like, so it worked out, you know. Right. Um, but I know, like, he... Um, He's in that set, but he's not actually in the Olympics. But uh, Peter Laviolette and a bunch of other guys that are in that set um, did play in the Olympics. Um, and then also uh, there was like Olympic, like they were all going crazy about this because like Top Stadium Club and Top Premier uh, had uh, Olympic insert cards. So like an OPG premier had like Canadian Olympic insert cards and tops premier had like U S Olympic, uh, insert cards. And then like the stadium club, um, I want to say stadium club cause they did it as series two. So st- series two had the U S, um, players, but they didn't do stadium club series two in Canada for some reason, which I need to investigate why that didn't happen. It just, it, maybe it just it wasn't well received. I don't know, but um, yeah. But so there were a couple of different sets doing Olympian cards that year, which is kind of funny because the Olympians that year were like minor league guys and college guys, and not somebody you you might get super excited about. Yeah. Uh, versus like now, or actually when there was like an Olympic team, you know, and you're like, all right, my Olympic team is you know Jonathan Taves and Sidney Crosby. And Carrie Price or, you know, Patrick Kane and, you know, um, who, you know, whoever. Right. Like it was just more exciting when they're NHLers versus like, you know, a guy who played four years of college and is now playing in the IHL somewhere. Yeah. But remember, Team Canada had Lindros. Brett Lindros. Oh, in 94. Yes. (laughs) Okay, sorry. He had Lindros. Brett Lindros. I see what you did there. Yeah, I remember. I remember seeing that card and a, at a card shop and a dealer was trying to sell that card for 20 bucks. Which card? <laughs> the Brett Lindros Team Canada card from Ultra. That really? Year. Yeah. Wow. And yeah. Not I wanted to point guy. out this isn't Eric and I don't really know who this guy is, but he looks like Eric. So must yeah. be his brother. Must, must, yeah, must Turns be. Turns out a- he. He had the same soft head as as his brother. So I feel terrible about that though. But I, I think yeah. I, I I think the 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 saying was or the mindset was they were really big guys in junior, so they were able to skate with their heads down, probably because they were looking down at everybody, and you know, they were basically the really big fish in the small pond. And then when they went to the NHL, there's lots of big fish. Or yeah. even like you have smaller fish that you just don't want to mess with. Right. Like right. you might be, you might be four inches taller than Scott Stevens, but he's still going to F you up if he hits you. Right. That's right. I mean, you had, you, you had big guys like Chris Pronger and all of a sudden now, if you're a big six foot five forward and you got six foot five Chris Pronger coming after you, I mean, that pretty much levels the playing field right there. That's why the small guys are generally faster because they yeah. need to get out of the way quick. They, they need to, they need to escape. Right. right. Yeah, and they'll, and they're gonna skate with their heads up, and they're gonna be aware. With like Gretzky talked about, like he said he hated getting hit, so he was always a step ahead of everybody. He kept his head up, and he he kept his eye out, and he was just he knew who was out there, and he made sure that he didn't put himself in a vulnerable 
position, you know, for, for most of the, the time, he was smart about that. And you have to be smart about that. And I think, yeah, when you're like a big dude and then all of a sudden everybody's like in your weight class, it makes it a lot harder. Well, I don't want to say anything bad against Gretzky, but he didn't really forecheck either. So, you know, I, of course, most guys didn't back then, but he didn't go into the dirty spots either. And yeah, obviously, if you're that good, you don't always have to go to the dirty areas. I mean, he made it he made it work for 20 yeah. years, you know, but for you 21 guys, years. But in the flip side, you have guys like Mario Lemieux who weren't afraid to do that. And of course, he's a lot bigger, but still he would mix it up. He would hit guys. Yeah. He would go into the, the, the nasty areas and. Well, his career kind of suffered because he ended up with quite a bit of injuries, especially to his back. Yeah. But again, this is we're 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 flying off topic quickly. No, 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 no. That's fine. I mean, um yeah, so um I think looking back at ninety three, ninety four, I have actually I do have all of those sets complete. Um I don't have all of the inserts. I'm gonna probably going to start going and picking up some of these insert sets I don't have just because um, they're not too expensive. Like you said, they're kind of nice. They have variety. I mean, I have all the, I think I have all the power play inserts. I really just like focused on that set maybe about 15 years ago. I was like, you know, like it's like the mid 2000s or late 2000s. And I was just like, ah, I'm just going to start, you know, trying to build a master set of this. Oh, you know, one set that I want to mention, though, that it's not on my list because it's not like an official set, but there was that, uh, so NHL 94 came out, and there was that set of cards that you could buy direct from Electronic Arts. It was their NHL 94 tip cards, and back in the day when I got NHL 94, bought it at Toys R Us, and, you know, it had this poster advertising this card set. And I was just like, holy moly, like, I, like a couple of things. It was a unique set and I loved stuff like that. It was mail order. And I want to say that's right around the time I got my first checking account because, oh, no, wait a minute. I didn't have a checking account then, but I was living with my grandmother and my grandma was always cool about writing me checks. Like I remember when I was a kid and I would like collect G.I. Joe figures and like it'd be like send in five proof of purchases and one dollar to get your exclusive Cobra Commander figure and I'd be like mom can you write me a check for a dollar and she'd always be like no you have enough toys right so I'd ask grandma grandma could you write me a check for one dollar to Hasbro right for this Cobra Commander figure or this Sergeant Slaughter figure or whoever it was right so even you know in my late teens I didn't have a checking account but I said to my grandma I'm like hey could you write me a check for 24.95 and she did and I ordered this set and I got it like six weeks later or something. And it was like a box set of 225 cards. And it was just a sweet little set. It had like the best six players on every team, except for the Rangers. They only had five players for some reason. Don't know why. Um, Michael Brook, who is a producer of NHL 94, said that was an oversight. It wasn't anything personal against the Rangers. But um, it's a nifty little set. I don't really count it as an NHL set because... It was a mail order only thing. It wasn't something right. you could buy in a store. And it, it has like six players from every team. But then the rest of the cards are like either game designer tip cards, um, you know, like the one timer. Yeah, like like or, shoot the puck in the corner and stuff like that. Yeah, I skate yeah. across the crease, you know, and then and then roof it. Or like new features like organ music or, you know, hot and cold streaks and stuff like that. So yeah. I never got the set, but I have all the penguins for that as part of my penguin set. And I always thought it was weird. Like, so that's, that's the one set that, uh, if I remember right there, there's like a photo in the middle and the borders kind of like fuzzy blended yep. in. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. So those sets, a couple things, the Kevin Stevens card, I always wondered what he was looking at. Mm-hmm. Because he's got this, like, I, don't, I think he's probably looking at the scoreboard, but he's just mm -hmm. gazing off into space. I always wonder what that was. And the, the other thing, too, I noticed, like, all the players that were in the All-Star game, mm -hmm. their little headshot photos on the back mm -hmm. were in their All-Star jerseys. I thought that was a nice touch, actually. Except the Mario Lemieux one, I don't know what jersey he's wearing. To this day, I still don't know what jersey he's wearing. It's not the All-Star jersey. I don't know well, what it is. It's a different color. Did it's he... red, white, and blue. 
Maybe that's the 91-92 uh, All-Star jersey where they wore those red, white, and blue Candyland jerseys. It might be because it's got a blue circle on the neck and then it's red around that and then blue shoulders. Yeah, that sounds like those those god-awful 91-92 jerseys that were supposed to look like 1920s jerseys or something. So why would they use photos from the current one and then use that one as an old one? I don't, he didn't play in the All-Star game in 92-93. He was injured. So use a regular photo. I, I, mean, I don't know. All the rest of them they did. No uh, idea. It was just something I remember about that one. You know, one thing that I remember about that set is that I was talking about the different uh, new feature cards. Like they have like expansion teams and it shows like the Ducks logo and the Panthers logo. And I'm like, you know, and then the back is just like, this game has the expansion rosters. And it's like, okay, did this really need to be a trading card? But the one card that I found funny was that it said crowd noise. And it talks about like the more stuff you do, the more noisy the crowd gets. But the picture of the crowd are literally just people sitting there looking bored. Like one guy looks like he's about to yawn. One person looks like they're covering their face. They just, they look like the most unenthusiastic crowd. If you're making a card called crowd noise, you need to have people like up on their feet celebrating after a goal instead of people just sitting there kind of staring, almost like they're watching the Zamboni. And I'm like, really? This was the best photo you could find for crowd noise? And then they had the card of... um. Oh, I forget who the goalie was, but it was for like local organ music. And it's like a picture of a goalie. And it really needed to be like the picture of the guy who did the music for the game, who actually played the the, the in-game music for them. Dieter Rule. You know, they actually, the Dodgers made a card of him that looks like an 88 Donruss baseball card. And That's they cool. gave it away. Yeah, he sent me a couple of them, which I thought was awesome. But yeah, that was... um. That was a cool set. I would, um, I, and that, that's why, I mean, it just kind of proves like how, like now I went and I, I bought a box set at Target last month and, you know, back in 94, 93, 94, I was willing to mail away for a set. I just, I liked that, especially because that was something that was unique. Like you wouldn't find it anywhere else. I kind of regret not buying a second one. I'd like to part it out for like the players that I collect, like Belfour and Chelios and Ronick, but None of the cards are, like, super expensive. And, you know, even, like, singles were inserted with the uh, Sega Genesis games. Actually came with a couple cards. So, yeah, it's not, like, a tough set to track down. But it is kind of a nice, rare, off-the-beaten-path kind of set. It is. Um, not often found. So, uh, any more thoughts before we wrap it up about uh, 93-94 that you just need to get out there? Send Sal all of your Alexander Dig cards. Dig, yeah. God. <laughs> I hope I'm saying his name right because I never bought like it was like D A I G L E. Yeah, I think that's how you pronounced it. That's how Dig. everybody pronounced it. Yeah, I thought it was Daigle back in back in the yeah. day. Well, Dig. everybody did. <sighs> his career didn't go the way I think most of us it kind of went the way of the the faloon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, respectable funny. careers but not you know definitely not like first round material that's that's funny you said that because on my blog that was my post on the new year it was a pat Falloon card and a penguins jersey and i'm what like this happen exactly that's exactly right because that's exactly what it said i forget how i wrote it i'm like something like does everybody remembers what pat Falloon played for the penguins or Oh, wait, no one remembers? Kind of like how I feel from last night. And, <laughs> yeah. It was so something like that. But anyway. All right. Well, I guess we're going to wrap it up then. Um, if you have an opinion that you'd like to share about your favorite sets from 9394 Hockey, leave a comment or hit us up on Twitter or whatever. I'm, I'm at Puck Junk. Tim is at the real DFG. And until next time, thank you for listening to the Puck Junk Hockey Podcast. For more hockey goodness, follow us on Twitter at Puck Junk. <laughs>